What's going on, 1045 service? How you doing today? All right. Did you guys... Okay. Well, I don't know what's going on over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> so glad you guys are here this morning. It is an absolute honor to speak in this service, uh, in, in this series. Who was here last week to hear Pastor Daniel Bridgman kick it off? Was it not great? Yeah. It's really hard to kind of come up to bat after that guy. It's like drinking from a fire hose, but I'm going to do the best I can absolutely do. Again, it's an absolute honor. And uh, we are in a series, If I Only Had, and this week we're going to be talking about time. If I Only Had More Time. Uh, there was, in the 1700s, there was a, a, a politician, a famous politician and Quaker. His name was William Penn, and he stated that time is what we want the most, but what we use the worst. Who can identify with that statement? Anybody? Hey, it's what we want the most, but it's what we use the worst. So if we're going to learn today on uh, how to change up our lifestyle, how to organize our day and, and really use our time wisely, uh, we, we, we need to know a few things right off the bat. So the first thing that we need to understand about time, that time is a gift. Time is a gift. Every breath you take, every step you make, I'll be watching you. What just happened? That was sting. Sorry. It's like a police moment. Or if you're 90s baby, puff daddy. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Listen to me. Every breath we take and every step we take is an absolute privilege, is an absolute blessing, and we have to start living that way. Tim McGraw had a famous saying, or excuse me, a famous line in one of his songs. Who in here loves country music? Come on, get your hands up. You love it. That's what's wrong with America. What is your problem? <laughs> country music. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't leave. <laughs> My wife loves it. So, uh, but Tim McGraw once said in his, in a song, you should live like you were dying. And there's some truth in that statement because every single moment you breathe a breath into your lungs, it was not promised. It's an absolute gift from the Father above. And we should live like every single day is our last day. The Bible says in Psalms 90 verse 12, it says, Teach us to realize the brevity of life, excuse me, brevity of life, so that we may grow in wisdom. So that's shortness. So let's kind of replace that. Hey, teach us to realize the shortness of life so that we may grow in wisdom. In a single day, there are 24 hours there are 1,440 minutes. There are 86,400 seconds. I know that seems like a lot of time, but my goodness, does it go by in a flash. 24 hours is here and then gone tomorrow, literally. I didn't recognize how fast it went and how quickly life could end and how much of a gift it was until in October of last year, a very, very dear friend of mine named Lisa Melvin, she's the pastor's wife of Greg Melvin at Safe Harbors where I served for many of my years in ministry. And uh, in October, she was taking her, uh, her father-in-law to a rehabilitation clinic here in Prattville. She went into the restroom and at 60 years old, she dropped dead. No reason why, no questions, no health concerns, real health concerns. And it, it kind of shocked me. It, it helped me realize in that moment that time is a gift and it can be taken away at a moment's notice. And so we have to be smart and we have to be intentional with our time. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17 says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every day. Make the most of every hour and every second. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Our days must be lived with intentionality. Every opportunity you get to wake up, and every opportunity you get to lay your head down at night, understand it's a gift. It's a gift that can be taken from you and I in a second. We are not promised our next breath. So now that we understand that time is a gift, what, what do we do next? Listen, how can we make the most of that gift? How can we make the most of our time? And I would 110% agree with this statement here. I would 110% challenge you to make daily intimate time with God every single day. That is an opportunity. It is not an obligation. You have a chance to spend time with the Father. Every single day. And I would challenge you to make it the first five minutes, ten minutes, hour of your day. And let me just say this. For somebody in here who does not spend any time with God, starting with five minutes or ten minutes in the beginning of the day is a good place to start. Do not challenge yourself with an hour because you're a great theologian. You're not going to sit there and pray for an hour if you haven't done it daily. But start Sometime be intentional and smart with the time. The Bible says, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first, nothing else, his first and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. That's what Matthew says. Psalm says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. We got to wake up every day and I would challenge you to be intimate with the father for just a few moments. Start that way. Let me be clear and transparent with you. I can always tell in my personal life when some things aren't right. I can always tell when I have put God aside and kind of started my day and spent the last few days without being in His Word. Even as a leader in a church, that happens. Even as a pastor and a student pastor here at Journey Church, that happens from time to time. That I let the world overrun me in my process and my planning and I go a day or two without getting in His Word. Let me be real with you. My marriage gets a little rocky. We start bickering at each other. We start, I start to say things I shouldn't have said, which has put me in the doghouse. That's dumb. I start, I start to get agitated with my little girl. I start to kind of get agitated and irritated with my coworkers. There's no intentionality with my planning in my day. I can tell when I haven't spent time with the Father. I start to look a little bit like the world. I start to copy the behaviors. I start to be okay with certain things. But the Bible says in Romans, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You will only understand and you will only know what God's will is for you by getting in His Word. By finding your, your, a closet in the house and praying, turning on some worship music and worshiping the God above. You will not find it anywhere else. You will not find it in PTO meetings and baseball and, uh, and all these other things, and football and ESPN. We will not find it buried, by burying our heads into our work. Only will you find your perfect will through the relationship and a daily intimate time with God. We have got to stop. Making excuses. 
Man, we make so many excuses. I will have time for him at some point this week. But let me be clear is that if we really want to do something and we're really in love with that and we really want to go somewhere, we will make time for it. I remember when I was younger, I had a friend of mine, he went to church with me and his, his grandparents were pastors in the church. Like his family was like, hey, the pinnacle of being a Christian. And my boy was 16 years old and, I, you know, his parents didn't little, put a lot of pressure on him to, to get up and go to church. And we only had one service back then. It was 1045. 1045. And I said, hey, man, I, I, well, I, dude, you're never at church on Sunday. I was challenging him one day. You're never there. It's 1045. What are you doing? When are you going to bed? He's like, 3 a.m. Well, go to sleep. Like, get up and go to church. But here's the facts. is a few days, and you know, like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, somebody had given me tickets to an Alabama game. And he is a big Alabama fan, and so am I. And so I call him and say, Jeremy, hey, man, I got tickets to the Alabama game. But listen, they're playing a really sorry team. It's at 11 a.m., so we got to get up at like 5. I'll be at your house at 5.30. My boy was standing at the end of the driveway with a pom-pom at 5 a.m., just ready to go. <laughs> just ready to go. And my point is, like, we will make time and effort for things we want to do. We will make time in our lives for the things that we want to do. But listen to me. If we're going to make daily intimate time with the Father, we have got to be willing to eliminate or minimize our time robbers. Time robbers are killers. They're relationship killers. They're day killers. We have got to be willing to eliminate the time robbers in our life. One of those are interruptions. Man, listen, you know, we got a great staff here at Journey. I'm so blessed to be a part of it. When I get up here in the morning, if I can't, Truthfully, I got a little girl and I try to help my wife um, get, get her ready and get her to school. So I will make my time here at the church. Some, hey, this is my private time with God. Or maybe I'm studying for a message or studying something just to get, get a little bit deeper and, and, and smarter, if you will. And I will close the door and turn off the lights. And sometimes I'll put a sign up that says, hey, I, I'm doing something. Please don't bug me unless you're my boss. Like, that's kind of, like, hey, give me a few minutes. And if you're able to do that, cut out some of the interruptions in your life. What about procrastinating? Who in here is a procrastinator? Look, it took some of y'all some time to put your hands up. Like, we're procrastinators. Let's be real. The only reason we procrastinate is because we're kind of lazy. That's just all it is. I don't want to deal with this problem. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, oh, it's going to, I'm going to have to get dirty and sweaty and I'm already clean. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to, I don't want, man, I'm going to have to sit down and read the Bible for three chapters in one day. That is going to be, that's going to, it's just, I got so much going on. Here's what I would say to you. If you're going to do If you're going to, hey, I'm going to challenge myself to read the gospel. I'm going to challenge myself to be a disciple of God. Set a deadline in your life. Hey, I'm going to read three chapters this week, starting Monday, and on Friday at 10 a.m., I'm done. That is my celebration time. I'm going to read three chapters of the book of Matthew. Set deadlines in your life. If you are an employee or employer of people, set deadlines in your life. Because when you don't, they eat up valuable time in your day. What about poor planning? I'm going to be real with you. There are still times in my life, but early on in ministry and in just my work life, I was a poor, poor planner. I, would, I, would, I knew something had to be done, and I would run at the end of the week to get it done, and it would be half done, and it would be terrible, and I'd be in meetings because I didn't do it right. 
because I didn't plan. But I had a guy in my life, uh, I, you know, I, I consider him a mentor, and he runs a very successful business here in the city of Prattville, the River Region. And uh, I sat down with him one day, and I said, man, I, you know, what do you do? You run all of these people. You run a successful million-dollar company. What do you do? So I want to kind of give you some advice if you have a work day or a school day. He says, I have eight hours in my day set aside for work. Eight hours set aside for work. Out of those eight hours, six of them are going to be 100% head to the ground moving forward. I'm getting that work done and nobody's getting in the way. I'm doing that. And he's going to plan specific times throughout the day. I'm going, this is my planning time. I'm working my tail off to make this company better and to take care of my people. He says the other two hours is maybe a 30-minute lunch or maybe an hour lunch if I'm you know, lucky enough to get that. And then he says, I'm going to set another hour aside for things that are unexpected. I didn't know somebody was coming in, a phone call, you know, a client, uh, make it, you know, hey, he's calling in. There's just a problem. He made time throughout his day. And listen, I'm going to be real with you. That's free today. That absolutely changed the way I worked and lived my life because he understood that his time is valuable. And I need you to understand that your time is valuable because it's a gift And you're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised to the next second of your life. It is a gift. It is valuable. It's time that we start acting like it. There's a a, a phrase down there that says, I realize I spend too much time doing blank. I'm not filling that out for you. That's for you to take home. And I would challenge you to take that home this week. If you can figure out what you're doing wrong today, write it down. Hey, I'm spending too much time doing this. I'm spending too much time doing that. Hey, look over your last seven days of your week and say, what did I do that ate up crazy amounts of my time that were time robbers? And I can eliminate those. It's smart to do that. It's intentional. But listen to me. If we don't start doing that, the facts are is if we don't get our lives in order... If we don't realize that time is a gift, if we don't focus in and be intentional with our time, you will wake up one day and realize you missed the most important things, the relationships. Relationships. If we don't focus in in our life, we'll get to the end of it and wonder, what did we do? Why didn't we spend time with people? Why didn't I spend time with the Father? Two of the most important relationships you can have is the one with the Father and the one with your neighbors. Because we're supposed to love Him with all our heart, mind, and soul, and we're supposed to love our neighbors just like we love ourselves. We're supposed to spend time with those people influencing our neighbors and taking influence from God and praising Him and learning. It's important that we do those things. But here's the thing about relationships. They are never urgent. They're never urgent. Have you ever noticed in your life that there is always something else that is urgent? I gotta get this done. I gotta, I got a business meeting. I gotta get, I gotta make this much money by this time of my life. This is urgent. But it seems like our relationships, our marriages, our time, our time with our spouses and our friends and our kids are always put on the back burner. There's always something more urgent. And the problem with that is that relationships, they're most easily damaged by our busyness. I just said this a few minutes ago, but I know when I've been too busy, when my wife says, can we go eat dinner together? She should not have to ask me for that. She should already have. I know that I've been too busy when my little girl comes in and says, Daddy, I want to play with you. I want to hang up. I I, I hang out. I know that, you know, I hadn't focused enough. And I'm not saying we're bad people because we get busy because that's life. 
But this is our time, and we've been blessed with our time, and we should take control of it. We tend to add and add and add and add to our day so that we can be more successful and get things done and feel about feel good about laying our head down at night while our relationships are the ones that get compressed. We add and add while relationships are what get compressed. I know. I've done it. I'll spend another hour and a half here at work so I can get things done and I'll look good for people and my area will be taken care of while my wife and daughter are sitting at home without me. Because I took time away from them. But if I would get myself in order and focus in and understand, hey, if I, get another, if I get another 24 hours tomorrow, I can make it happen. If I plan out my day, I can make it happen. We can press our time with God. You know what? Instead of giving them, I'll give them, I'll give them, 10, I'll give them 10 minutes tomorrow. I just don't have time today. But he should be the most valuable and most important thing in our life. We do the same thing with our family, with our kids. And speaking of kids, who in here has ever thought, maybe if something like this, if I only had more time with my kids? Anybody? Anybody ever thought something like that? Yes? No? Okay. So this is important to me, this particular point. And one of the reasons, not just because I'm a student pastor here at Journey, but I'm a father. And I have a wife, Laura, for 10 years. Can you throw that picture up for me right there? Yeah. She's so good looking. And so um, this is my family. And I'm just really excited, and I, I, my time is valuable when it comes to them. To be completely honest with you, my little girl Ava has a picture in her hand of our baby that is going to be born tomorrow or Tuesday. So, like, it is happening. Yeah, right? So the next house is going to be nuts. I'm excited about that. I got another little girl coming into my life. So I never realized how fast time goes until I had a child. Until I could see the time go in front of me. Like I would look in a mirror and go, man, you're getting kind of fat and old. Like what's happening here, Tony? But it was, it was always like, you know, I, I, I was kind of the same. It's hard to watch yourself grow up for 34 years. That's how old I am. And it's just kind of the same. But when I saw my little girl go from a newborn to five years old, it happened in a split second. And I remember sitting outside with my father one day, and I just looked and said, Dad, man, I wish I had more time with her. I wish I had more time with her, man. And he said, yeah, I get that. He said, but um, you got the same amount of time as everybody else. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with the time that you have? And so I want to echo that this morning when it comes to our family, when it comes to our friends, when it comes to our children, our spouses, Ask yourself a question daily, am I being intentional with the time that I have? Am I being intentional with the moments? Am I being focused when we're here? And if all of us, if we would just be honest and do a self-evaluation, an honest self-evaluation of our lives, and we just look back over the last few days, if you can remember the last few weeks, I think a lot of us would say, no, I'm not being intentional with our time. I'm not being intentional with what I'm doing throughout the day. There is a, a research, a Christian research company called the Barner Group, and I just want to kind of read some statistics out for you. They put these together, and I thought they were in, astonishing when I saw them. I, I didn't really believe them and started, and, until I started to account for my week, and they are spot on. They made me feel a little bad about myself. It says there are 168 hours in a week. And right now, we're spending an average of 53 hours per week working. So we're working more than ever before. 
Now, the good thing is because we're working more than ever before, we're actually sleeping a lot more. It says 52.5 hours are spent sleeping. But this last one is scary to me that we are spending in our leisure time on average 43 hours a week in front of a screen. 43 hours a week in front of a TV, in front of a phone, in front of a laptop, in our leisure time. Not at work. In our leisure time. The president of the Barner Group stated that children today are spending less time with their families and more time alone. And I didn't really understand that statement until I looked back on my life just a few days ago. My wife and I were binge-watching Fuller House. Anybody in the Fuller House? Great. (laughs) We're watching Fuller House on Netflix, and my little five-year-old girl walks into the room and says, Daddy, I want to play. And without thinking, I opened up my phone and gave her a version, and she walked out of the room, or excuse me, uh, YouTube Kids, and she walked out of the room. She spent the evening by herself so me and Mommy could watch TV. She was going to bed shortly. I could have watched TV with my wife after that. We all do it. I spend incredible amounts of time away from my family. And some of the reason is because I don't plan very well. And even when I'm in the room, sometimes I'm not in the room. So if you're blessed with a family, if you're blessed with people that you care for, if you're blessed with children and you get to live another day, ask yourself, how will I maximize this day? How will I maximize the time that I have? We have to reach a place in our life where we are focused when spending time with our family and our children. Because if we're intentional with them, it will make an impact. One of those things is we we can find a shared activity. And maybe you're like, well, my kid's 14. He doesn't want anything to do with me. He probably likes video games. So go pick up the controller. And I know it's screen time, but you're hanging out with him. Hey, they like to fish, and I don't know how to fish. They got it from the front. We're going fishing. Figure out a shared activity. You will be surprised how well it works. That you can hang out with your kid. It will work. What about find a shared purpose? Find a shared purpose. I'm just be real with you. The early years are pretty selfish. I don't know if you can remember yours, but I'm still a selfish guy. And early on, it's I want, I want, me, me, me. So what we're going to do is we're going to find a shared purpose. We're going to show them through the way that we act, parents and adults, that, hey, it's about other people sometimes. It's about loving other people. We're going to go and we're going to find a place here, Journey, and we're going to serve together. You're going to get up and you're going to come to church with me. And I need, to, I need you to hear something. I didn't say this in the first service, and I apologize. You are the parent, not the friend. You're the parent. You, make, you dictate what happens in the house. Lead them. Lead them. You're the parent. You get to say yes or no. If they don't respect that, oh, well, my dad said see you. That's, dad would say, Bob Best would go, all right, well, you just don't live here anymore. Say, you're going to get up and you're going to come serve because I want you to see that that's what it's about. It's about loving other people. It's about spending time with other people and, ha- and trying to influence their lives and be a testimony in front of them. We have to take every opportunity that we have to spend intentional time with our families and with our children while we can. While we can. And I don't mean to get gruesome and dark here, but I need you to understand, and I think we all know this, but it doesn't click sometimes. 
that this could be the last day your child is here on earth. That's the truth. There are people in this place today that's children has already been has already passed away. This could be their last time to spend a day with you and it influence their life. This could be it. The Bible says in James 4:14, "How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for just a while and then it's gone." I remember my second year in ministry I encountered something that I had never encountered before and I had to be a part of something that I had never been a part of before. Um, there was a young lady that was a part of our youth ministry on a Wednesday night. She left there and she went to Taco Bell. And when she left Taco Bell, she was going home. And she got in a one-car wreck, flipped a car into the woods, and at 16 years old, she was killed that night. And the next day, I went to sit with her mother and father. And as when I walked into the house, you could already feel the agony and the pain that these parents, I, I wasn't a parent at the time, but I now I am, so I, I kind of I feel it, I get it now, what it's like to love that baby that much. And they had just lost their baby girl. And my naive self, not knowing, walked up and sat down in front of the mom and said, Mom, how you feeling? What a dumb question. With tears streaming down her face, she looked at me and said, if I had another moment with her, I would shut off the world and I would just be here. But I can't, and now it's over. If I could just be with her for just another second, I would do that, but I can't because she's gone. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, my kid's too old. Maybe we don't have a great relationship, but you need to know it's not over until it's over. If they have breath in their body, there is still a chance that you could build a relationship that is impactful and helps change them in the long run. You still have an opportunity. If you get the opportunity, listen to me. Psalms 90, teach us to realize the shortness of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Today, understand that if you have the privilege and the honor to live another 86,400 seconds, use it wisely. It's a gift from the Father above, and truthfully, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve another second because I'm a selfish person, but He still gave it to me. And it is our job to use it wisely. Some of the next steps says take an inventory of how I spend my time each day. I would challenge you to do that. Don't allow anything to get in the way of your relationship with Christ and your relationship with your spouse and your family and your friends. Don't let anything get in the way of maybe success at work as far as that's concerned. Focus in. How am I spending my time Give God the first five minutes of your day. He deserves so much more, but let's start somewhere, Journey. Let's do it, man. It's tough to call myself a Christ follower and not follow Him. Plan intentional time with my family today. 
The point is today. Go home, take 20 minutes, and plan your next weekend. The next time you have an open night and your family or friends, hey, how am I going to spend time with my family? And lastly, give my life to Christ right now. If you're in this place today and you have never accepted Jesus before, understand that this could be it. This is not one of those scary moments. I'm trying to scare you into heaven. It is opening our eyes to the fact that this could be it. And you may not make it home. And it is imperative that we create a relationship with God today. And it can only come through Jesus. Time's a gift. The fact is, is that if I only had more time, you may not get that. This may be it for us. It's important that we focus in and be intentional with this moment right here. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're in this place and you have never before, or maybe maybe you have, maybe you've never accepted Jesus, or maybe you did, but you didn't really mean it. Like you were kind of, hey, I was forced into this, and you kind of feel like I don't know if that's real and. We want to make sure that that commitment is real. I can get that. If you're in this place today and you say, hey, I want to accept Jesus. I want, to be, I want him to be my personal Savior. This man that gave up his son and the son that bled and died on the cross for my sins, for my scripts, he did that for me. i got to have a relationship with him. I want to, I want to experience him. I want to experience a, a, a fulfilled life. I want to know what His will is for my life. If that's you in here today, all I'm going to ask you to do is right now just slip your hand up and then place it back down. Come on. Right here. See these hands? Yes, amen. Anyone else? Everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. If you did accept Jesus, just look at me real quick. It's just me and you. Come on, I saw you. I saw you greatest decision you've ever made in your entire life. It's the greatest decision you've ever made. Your life will never be the same. You just made the most of your time. You just made the most of your day. And I am so glad that Journey Church gets to be a part of that. I am so glad that you made that change and that declaration today. God, today we are so thankful for the hands that were raised in this place. God, we know these were, this is your Bible. This is your gospel. Your son is the one that creates salvation. You're the one, God, that gave your son for our sins. And today, we recognize that time is a factor in our life. And we should use it wisely because it is a gift. God, thank you so much for what you did in this place today. In your name we pray. Amen.